Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to a new week of the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm your host, John Bishop, and coming up on this week's show, we are going to talk with Marcos Gonzalez, who recently was named the Big East Conference Cross-Country Runner of the Week. Josh Peterson will have that conversation. It was a big week for Creighton soccer, especially on the men's side, as they picked up their biggest match win of the year so far. Connor Happer will have a recap and my conversation with Creighton women's basketball guard Kennedy Townsend. It's all coming up on this week's 1620 The Jays podcast. Last year was a season to adjust for 5'10 guard Kennedy Townsend from Kansas City, Missouri. After having so much success at the high school level and hardly ever seeing the bench, she was on the bench for much of last year, playing in over 20 games, but never got a start. But this year, with new year, comes new opportunity. And the young, confident sophomore is ready to show what she is worth. I had a chance to catch up with her during Creighton Basketball Media Days a couple of weeks ago. Here's our conversation with Kennedy Townsend. Well, this is a, an exciting year for you, I've got to imagine. You know, last year, obviously, you got a chance to play some. But as someone who is used to being a frontline player and being a star like you were back in high school, how much more excited are you for this year than you were last year? I mean, I'm, I was really excited for last year, and it was, it was just a whirlwind of emotions. You know, freshman year is crazy, but I'm really excited to have my feet under me this year and ready to go win some games, so whatever that takes, you know, if that's... I'm just really excited to be back with these girls, and it's a great group of girls, and they're so fun to play with, so I'm really excited. What, what do you think you took most out of last year and the experience? Because it's probably been a while since you've gone through a season like that where you spent more time on the bench than you did on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I'm sorry, what'd you ask one more, what was the main Just, just what'd you take, yeah. what'd you take um, most out of last year? Man, I would just say, uh, basketball isn't your life, I would say, that was like a big thing, like I am definitely someone who is an overthinker and, uh, uh, you got to try harder, but sometimes it isn't like that. You got to take a step back and remember why you love basketball and why you play. And you got to remember that it's fun. And like when you go out there every day, you just want to compete and you want to try to win. And I think simplifying is sometimes a better solution than trying to try harder. And I just think having a love for the game every single day, love, love the game, love the people you're with and just be where your feet are. You know, think about, you got to think about the journey and the process, not necessarily the specific moment that you're in right now. So how would you classify yourself as a practice player as a younger person Mm -hmm. and then transfer that to last year where the practice floor was the place Mm -hmm. you got your chance to do the most work? Yeah. uh, I'd always been a person who takes practice very seriously. I think that's when you get to the games, like you just gotta 
you just got to roll it out there. All the haze in the barn once you step on the game floor, you know. And so I don't think a lot changed from a practice standpoint, but the practices are definitely more intense in college, and so you have to adjust to the intensity every single day because in high school you are the most intense person, but then everyone is just as intense when you get to college. So I think it's just I thrive in that environment where everyone's competing and uh, – so I didn't think there was a ton of adjustment, but I think it's always good to see, like, your best players are always the ones who are still as intense, even more intense in practice than they are in games. So, Speed, physicality, or mental, which is the biggest adjustment high school to college? Mental, 100%. Um, I, the speed and physicality, yeah, those are adjustments, but I do think mentally is harder than anything. I think, you know, being away from home from the first time is a lot. Being with all new girls... Um, being, you know, start, you were on top of the world in high school and then you go back to the bottom, you know, I think it's just all new people. It's just, a, it's a, it's a big adjustment. So I think, you know, it's always important. That's why I said, you know, basketball isn't everything, you know, sometimes you do need to take a step back and just enjoy life, you know, and just, just like I said, be where your feet are. So was there something you found in life or in school mm-hmm. that you enjoyed more than you thought you would? Hmm. Well, this is, I wouldn't, I really had to, like, lean into my faith when I got here. I think I was always uh, big into my faith, but I definitely think, like, just going to church with friends and, like, just stuff like that I think has really been, like, it's helpful because then you can, you know, talk about your struggles. And so I've been really big into I know a lot of us go to church on Sundays, so it's really fun. Is it, is it comforting? Because you said you've always had that. Yeah. But was it comforting? Because you're always looking for things when you move away from home yeah. that are consistent. Mm-hmm. So having church, having yeah. mass, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Was that, was that a, like a like a blanket for you? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I think it's easy to, not easy, but it's definitely uh, like things aren't going super great or, you know, you can always like lean back on that and just kind of put all your eggs in that basket. And, you know, uh, like I said, like I'm a big overthinker and stuff like that. So <laughs> I think it's always easy to just, you know, give it all. We, like we always say, like, give it all to God, you know. So I think that was a huge adjustment for me, like as well, so. You talk about being an overthinker. Does coach have to get on you for that? To because sometimes you can overthink things and you're re, and you're not reacting enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. We actually, I mean, our assistant coaches talk about that a lot with me. They're like, just play. Like you just gotta play, you know. And I, it's it comes from a great place, but it's almost like, just go out there and just be a dog because like that's mm-hmm. you know as in my nature that's just I'm a hustle player. You know, I go, going in hard for rebounds. You know, diving on the floor like those are the things you can't lose track of even throughout the process like you don't want to lose track of those things that you were brought here to do like obviously you want to learn along the way but don't forget like why you came and like the the skills that you started with do you think you've taken that step in 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 the workouts you've had since the summer do you think you've taken that step yeah I do I think I've taken a huge step as far as like mentally I think I've uh you know, even if I have a bad drill or even a bad practice, you know, I've been so much better about bouncing back and being able to like, all right, new drill. Like, we're just going to win this drill. Like, I'm just going to go out there and compete and try to win this drill. And I think that's a huge thing is just having that goldfish memory where you're like, okay, I missed a couple shots. Like, let's, we're halfway through the playing section. Like, let's have a better second half. You know, it's just like, and that's huge when you get into games too. And that's what I was talking about earlier. You know, like your practices have to be more intense than games. Cause if you can't do that in a practice, there's definitely no way you're going to do that in a game. And then it's one bad game leads to seven which leads to the whole bad season so I think it's like it's huge just to be able to do those little things in practice and then when you get to the game it's just natural what do you think of the makeup of the team this year you still have some returning experience Mm -hmm. but then there's younger players players like yourself who are going to see more of a role how do you think this compares to the last year 
Um, you know, I, we definitely miss Carly and Rachel. We love that they're awesome people, and they were great mentors for all the freshmen. But I do think having so much experience is super helpful, just from a like in drills, in practice, like. It's almost like their coaching is sometimes more than obviously the coaches are doing their role, but they're they're definitely still really involved in coaching. And it's like almost I've always thought it's like you kind of want to hear it from your your teammates more than you want to hear it from your coaches, you know. And so I think that's always awesome, you know. Great leaders, Molly, Jamie, like I mean, always talking, always communicating, setting the best example that you could. So that's what you ask for from your seniors. And but I mean, all of us are super close. I mean, I wouldn't. I coming into college, like I. I didn't have a ton of girlfriends, but like I would, I have so, now I have 10 of them. So, you know, it's like, we're all super close. And um, I think that that helps your on the court stuff. If you're close off the court, I definitely think it's, it's helpful if, you know, someone gets on you, it's like, you're, you know, it's coming from a good place and not a place of selfishness or, so it's definitely account from an accountability standpoint, it's a really great uh, situation we have going on. Do you think that closeness helps you deal better with the expectations? Because this program has, I mean, for the last three years, has had expectations that seem to just go up every single year. Do you think having that kind of closeness helps in that aspect, in just dealing with those? Oh, 100%. You know, you can talk to anyone about anything, you know, and it's it can be about you, about the team. Like, it can be about anything, and it's great that we have that open kind of anyone can talk about anything. It's We do plenty of, like, group, like, uh, I don't even know what you would call them, talking sessions or like just uh, bouncing ideas off each other and talking about how we're feeling about the season. So I think those are really helpful too, just to like, everyone's going to sit in a room and talk about, you know, the pressures they're feeling, how we're going to help them get over those pressures. And so I think that's a huge thing too. And I think that comes from the top down, our our seniors, like they're the most, they're locked into that (laughs) stuff and they know how important it is. And I think, I mean, Yes, the the pressures and the expectations, it's a little hard to deal with, but you'd rather have it that way than no one know who you are. So there are a lot of, uh, there's definitely a learning curve with that, but we've learned to enjoy it. And um, I think it's, now we like want it and you know, you're like seeking that. And so I think it's a huge step that we've taken as a group. What is the ceiling for this team? Man, I... We have had some really great practices and really competitive practices. And, you know, sometimes after a really competitive practice, you're like, oh, that was an ugly practice. But, I mean, the fact that they are that competitive and we're making each other work that hard is such a great sign. And there's super high ceilings for this team. I think, um, I I don't know, I mean, freshman year, you're always, your head's kind of spinning a little bit. But I think it's helpful that you have three more girls who are, just as trying to get to that competitive place you know me being being me Brittany and Keani like our heads aren't spinning anymore we're like all right we're here to win and we're here to get some stuff done so I think it's helpful that you have so many more girls who are like working towards that competitive standpoint and Carly and Rachel set the tone for that I mean they came to practice ready to work every single day so I think that just trickled down to all of us so I think it's been really good and it's we've had some great practices so far all right let's talk more about you then Favorite thing you like about Omaha? You've been here over a year now. Mm. Favorite thing you like outside of campus? Okay. And the team? The food. The, we've really? I mean, you're from Kansas City. Great restaurants. Taco Co., amazing. <laughs> I love that place. Pitch, awesome. I love going out to eat here. It's so awesome. <laughs> I'm surprised because I figure, you know, Kansas City, it's a bigger city. It's, you, it's home of barbecue. Look, it's not, I didn't say barbecue was better. I did not say okay. that. Okay. I haven't That's been, fair. I haven't been to a barbecue place here actually, so I'm not even going to try. It's not going to compare. <laughs> but you do like that. Anything else you like about this town? I think it's actually a lot like Kansas City. I think it's a little sure. bit smaller, but I, I love the 
just the feel for it. I like how we're close to downtown. There's plenty of stuff to do. The new park that they just built was fun. Uh, we've been there a couple times. And then I, people here are awesome. So I, I love Omaha. It's really cool. What are you taking in school and what do you plan to do with that degree someday? Um, I actually don't. I'm in I'm business undecided. I think I'm either going to do accounting or finance. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it, though. So I just I'm good with numbers. So that's just we're just going to figure it out as we go. We're going I'm, with the flow. <laughs> I'm going to assume you're a Chiefs fan. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Are you a Taylor Swift fan? I I am here for all of the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift. I am also a Taylor Swift fan. I am here for all of it. My cousin actually texted me. She was like, "You are the perfect mashup for this, like Taylor Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey." I am like, "This is this is everything. I love it." Okay, so what are you more worried about? That he gets distracted and his level of play goes down, or the inevitable breakup happens and he ends up being the bad guy? Okay, well, you know, if the breakup happens, I feel like the music is going to be great. So I feel like, you know, it's like, I don't, I mean, I don't think the, he'll be fine. He won't get too distracted. He'll be, he'll be all right. But I hope they don't break up. But if the breakup does happen, the music will be great. So is your, because I've been around it with the men's basketball team. We've had a lot of guys from the Kansas City area and they wear their fandom on a sleeve are you the same way are you kind of annoying to your teammates with this oh I am for sure annoying to all the coaches and teammates they just play the Vikings this weekend where me and Brittany are we're Chiefs fans we're doing the tomahawk chop in the in the training room this morning and uh my actually the coaches went to the Beyonce concert a couple weeks ago and I was like had to be better that it was an arrowhead like I'm sure you saw the Super Bowl title up on the on the they were like oh my gosh you need to go you need to leave I was like you guys don't understand it's just the arrowhead thing if the concert was much better in Arrowhead it wouldn't have been as sorry I should have said the Beyonce concert was in Arrowhead right and that's where they went so they were I was giving them all kinds of crap about that so well good luck this season Thank I'm you. looking forward to it. it I can feel your energy already I can't wait to see you out there first Thank time you. you get on the floor and die for a loose ball hey yeah there'll be a lot of them so stay right. tuned all right. <laughs> Thank you we are inside of two weeks until the debut of Creighton women's basketball 2023-24 as the Jays will take on Nebraska Kearney on Monday, October 30th in their lone exhibition game of the season. We'll have a lot of coverage this season on the stations of 1620 The Zone and 1180 The Zone. We look forward to bringing you another exciting season as Creighton women's basketball starts its second consecutive year ranked in the AP Top 25, coming in at preseason number 22. Coming up next... A big win for Creighton men's soccer. Connor Happer has all the details on the 1620 The Jays podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 
Welcome back. More of the 1620 The Jays podcast this week. I am Connor Happer. Let's update you on the men's and women's soccer teams this week. And we'll start with the men's side. What a successful week for them. To tell a story, I guess, briefly through the season, Coach Torres listened to him talk a whole bunch. I feel like his team has been playing well enough to get better results than they have. But you go into the final three matches of the year against some pretty solid teams, and Creighton found itself on the outside looking in. So the pressure was on, and it really built up to this past Wednesday's home match against the number seven ranked team in the country, who just happens to be in their conference and in their division, and hadn't lost the entire year so far, at least dropped one. They had five draws coming into this one, but Creighton gets the result that it needed at the perfect time against number seven Akron and takes them down on Wednesday evening, three to two, their biggest win to date. And then they find themselves, we'll get you some highlights from that game here in just a second, but you get them right back in the thick of things in the playoff race. Top eight teams make the Big East field regardless of division. So you have currently, as it stands right now on Thursday evening, you have Georgetown at the top of the table, St. John's, Providence, Xavier, all with 11 points. Creighton in there with 10, and then Akron, UConn with 9. And here's the tricky part. So Creighton still has to not only hold serve, but really go out and earn some points in the final two results of the year. October 21st, next Saturday at home against UConn. That's a team that's another another team fighting for a postseason position. And then they go to St. John's to finish off the regular season. So it's not... Lock sealed delivered yet for the Blue Jays to get into the postseason, but what a result for them on Wednesday night. Let's take you through a couple highlights. And Creighton did jump out to a 3-0 lead in this game. It was 0-0 at halftime. And then the Jays got a goal in the 47th minute, the 62nd minute, the 83rd, and kind of got a little scary late with two goals really in the final two to three minutes of the match. There by Akron, they're able to win it 3-2. Let's go way back to the start here. Let's highlight keeper Blake Gillingham early as the Jays look to fend off the Akron attack. Here's Shookaluk. Lays it off. The shot comes. Great save, Blake Gillingham. Woo! Gillingham. That might be the finest save I have seen him make all season long. There's the action there as described by John Schreiner and Josh Peterson this past Wednesday night. And that really set the tone for the Blue Jays. Got a key save early. Gillingham, I mean, just on the replay, and you can't see it here, but diving midair, full extension. It was a heck of a save. Maybe one of the better ones that we've seen at Morrison Stadium in quite some time. And then we go to the opening minutes of the second half in the 47th minute. Giorgio Probo starts the run. Alfie Pope finishes it. Here's Probo in some space. He's got O'Neal on the overlapping run. Probo finds O'Neal. O'Neal plays it through. Pope gets it through at the near post. Alfie Pope puts it home. And Creighton takes the lead. That's Alfie Pope with his sixth goal of the year. Added in the 62nd minute by the Blue Jays by Omar Ramadan, and then Pope again in the 83rd minute, almost the 84th minute to go up 3-0, and really secured their biggest win of the season to date, their biggest Big East win of the season by far. So the Jays have put themselves squarely in the mix for postseason contention, 
UConn and St. John's to finish off the regular season, but they get their biggest result of the year at home this past week against a top 10 team in the country and a national contender in Akron. Well, then we go over to the women's side where, you know, just following them throughout the season, sort of hit the skids there in the middle portion of the schedule where they were looking to really make some hay, felt good about themselves. Last time we did one of these soccer updates, told you a little bit about that, how they were playing at the end of the month and then had a disappointing couple results in a row. In fact, they lost five matches in a row from September 21st all the way leading up until last Thursday, or two Thursdays ago, excuse me, October 5th. And then things started to get back on the right track for the for the Blue Jay women as they took down Villanova, then beat Seton Hall 2-0, and were looking for a three-point result this week on Thursday against DePaul and fell just a little bit short. Took a 1-0 lead in that game, ended up drawing it at 1-1, so they walk away with just a point. Two matches left in the regular season for the Blue Jays, who sit at 4-7-5 overall right now, 2-5-1 in the conference. Still in the mix for a postseason berth, still in the mix for a conference tournament berth here. Top six in the Big East women's soccer side get to the conference tournament. Creighton currently third from the bottom right now, but there's a pretty big pack of the middle from about 10 to 7 points where the Blue Jays sit right now. So Georgetown at the top, a lossless record so far, 16 points um, with four wins and four draws. 15 for Xavier. Uh, We'll put a pin in them for just one second. We'll come right back to them. Providence also doesn't have a loss yet, 13 points. Then we go UConn, who's fourth with 12 points. St. John's, fifth with 10. Seton Hall, nine. Marquette, eight. Butler and Creighton both have seven. So the Blue Jays are going to need a couple positive results here. It's not over, but a couple positive results in the final two matches of the regular season, and that's where Xavier comes into play. The Blue Jays have their biggest match of the year by far, and certainly with the most stakes. This coming Sunday, October 22nd, against Xavier, 1 o'clock at home. Xavier is the second team at the, on the table right now. The Blue Jays at least need a point out of this thing, if not more, to increase their likelihood to get into the Big East Conference Tournament at this point. Once again, not not mathematically eliminated, which is amazing considering having that long stretch where you went without grabbing any points off of anybody else in the league. But the Blue Jays still in position with a crowded sort of middle at the moment. And they finish off with Butler next Thursday on the road. Butler is a team who's right in Creighton's territory as well as far as points are concerned. So a lot to sort out in the final week of Big East Women's soccer play as well. Both teams in the mix. I'd say the the men's side has a little bit better opportunity to get to the postseason at this moment than the women do, but still in the mix, and that's what it takes, right? Just get to that Big East Conference tournament and then see where the chips fall after that. Either way, it was a, it was a big week and a momentous week for the men's side. Certainly, women would like to get one more point out of the week, but fall a little bit short on Thursday afternoon in Chicago against DePaul. So they turned the Xavier one into a very, very big match. Once again, conference tournament right around the corner. So maybe one more update on soccer before we start really zoning in on postseason play. And of course, we'll keep you updated plenty here on the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm Connor Happer. That's it for me this week. We'll send it back to John Bishop. John. Thanks, Connor. At the end of today's podcast, we'll take a look at the entire schedule of the week to come in Creighton Athletics. 
And now let's turn things over to Josh Peterson. John, thank you so much. We welcome back onto the podcast for the second time. It was about a year ago that Marcos Gonzalez joined us on 1620 The Chase podcast, and he rejoins us today. Thanks again for coming on. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks I'm doing again, Josh. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I'm doing great. I uh, I re-listened to our interview last year just to make sure that I don't ask some of the same nerdy running questions. Uh, but one thing that that did stand out to me from our conversation last year was we talked about like the mental component of being a racer, just given how often you have to get up as a racer, and you described it as being mentally fit. W- where do you feel like you're at in that regard uh, as your senior year continues to unfold? Um, honestly, I don't think I could be in a better place. Um, my experience has taken me a long way. Um, and I I couldn't be more comfortable as a racer right now and a lot of confidence in myself, um, and, and my abilities and, and pushing myself to, to another level. Where do you think that that shows itself more often? Does it show itself in just the day-to-day grind of it all, if you will, or do you think it shows itself like with the races? I think the races, um, I mean, yeah, day to day grind. Um, you can you can see it in the small things for sure, but um, I just know, like, I have a lot of trust in myself that I'll show up in the races, um, for sure. That's awesome. You you were recently named Big East Male Athlete of the Week, so it's not just a, related to your sport. It's it's all of the male athletes in the conference. What what did that mean to you? Um, I mean, that's really not something I'm exactly shooting for. Like, it's not really on my radar. Um, but it, it means a lot to, to have that get noticed. And I don't think it would have happened without our team performance, honestly. Um, it just, it, it shows a lot to, to where we're headed as a team. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it was a good individual performance, but I attribute it a lot to, to how we did as a team that day. Yeah, speaking of team, um, the ability to kind of lift everyone up or to do those those runs in the offseason and, and kind of help everyone get better, it, it seems like that is something that's really important to you and other teammates that I've had a chance to talk to over the last few months. Well, what is it about this group you think that that really helps you and others improve like this over the course of a season? Um, yeah, for sure. We we definitely put uh, team culture at the top of our list, and um, we have a lot of – things that we we share in common but um i think uh just yeah spending a lot of time together outside of running itself um and uh just having the important conversations about like what we're what we're looking for as a team and uh the goals that we have um and how we're going to accomplish those goals i think that uh, that really had to show itself in the Platte river rumble right right yeah uh, a big focus of ours this season uh, has been running together. Um, we uh, we read a, a book over the summer called Boys, The Boys in the Boat. Um, and uh, one of the, the things that we're, we're focused on is, uh, is, is being as one. Um, I, I think you can you can see in a lot of our team performances, our, our team spread has has been close to like 22 seconds in our one through five. And um, as long as we're we're running together and we're, everything that we're we're sacrificing for is for each other, I think we can go a long ways. Let me ask you: You just mentioned reading a book. Do do you find yourself gravitating towards running books, whether it's like a fiction or a nonfiction? I, I recently finished Once a Runner. Um, over the last year, I've also read like Running with the Buffaloes, among some others, and and I really 
you know, it, I feel like it gets me kind of hyped and, and I, and I leave and I'm like, all right, well, I'm ready to, to tackle something. I, I wonder if you feel the same way. Yeah, I do. I feel like it's kind of, um, you kind of have to get to those books, like running with the Buffaloes, in my opinion, is kind of a staple. Um, but there, there's so many other books, like, I mean, the boys in the boat is a rowing book and, and it, and it applies to, to what we're trying to accomplish as a team as well. But, um, I do definitely gravitate to those. Let's go back before this season. Um, what what were you what like? How did you approach training? It was you know sometimes an interesting summer in Omaha in terms of weather. I know you're obviously not from here. What was the balance like of either being here and running with your teammates or maybe being at home and running solo? Um, I kind of spend most of my time here in Omaha rather than back home in Phoenix. Um, and uh, I mean, I did do a lot of traveling. That's that's kind of our one main time to 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 get around and and go see stuff that we don't get to go in the in the season um and it's a lot of just doing what you can but when i'm here um it's a lot of training with teammates uh early mornings and um we still get to use our facilities which is which is also a plus of being here in omaha um but we put a lot of focus on on putting in the work in together absolutely um if if i am understanding your eligibility right you would in theory have a COVID year because of yeah. your first year. Have you decided then what's what's next for you if if you want to come back for one more season? Oh yeah. I I've I've been decided for a while that yeah. I'll be back for more. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. what 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 is it? Like what why you you are now I think the third or fourth athlete I've talked to just this fall season and, and so it's only October nineteenth. And I get that answer essentially from from everyone from Creighton. And so I'm I'm starting to wonder if it goes beyond just maybe that individual sport and more about something that the culture of the university has that's bringing so many of you athletes back for that extra year. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a place that, that I want to be. And I know that can, can help me get to my, my big, my highest potential. Um, everyone there is there to help for sure. Um, and I, I, I just have a good experience overall. Um, I don't know why you wanted to, you would want to waste that, that extra year and, and not do something that you have a passion for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so before we let you go, we're as of this recording, less than ten days away from the Big East Championships. I mean, how are you feeling now? Is this? It's crazy to say it as the season comes to an end. Um, I think, uh, it, yeah, it's all it's all leading up to to this race. Um, we have we have some some good, some high goals, some expectations that uh, we want to accomplish, and um, I think it's only going to take us another step to where we want to be. Um, but it's, it's going to be a tough one and we're, we're, we're ready. Awesome. Love to hear that. Marcos Gonzalez rejoining us on the podcast again, as the uh, regular season with Creighton cross country comes to an end. Thanks again for taking the time. Always, always love chatting with a runner for a few minutes. Uh, have a great rest of your week. You too. Thanks, Josh. John, back to you. Quick note on Creighton Tennis before we get to this weekend's calendar. Senior Matthew Lanahan and junior Alejandro Gandini pulled out a pair of upsets and advanced to the main doubles quarterfinals at the ITA Central Regional Tennis Tournament hosted by Oklahoma State earlier in the week. They took down Oklahoma's number two ranked doubles pair. And then in the round of 16, they pulled off a second upset beating a a pair from Oklahoma State. So congratulations to Matthew and Alejandro, who advanced to the quarterfinal round, which will take place on Friday. 
And speaking of Friday, the Creighton volleyball team returns to action in Stores, Connecticut against the UConn Huskies. First serve is at 5 o'clock Friday afternoon. That match will be telecast on Flow Sports. Then coming up on Saturday, the volleyball team heads south to Providence, Rhode Island to finish up their first leg of their road trip. They will take on the Providence Friars at 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon, again telecast by Flow Sports. While the men's soccer team is back in action against UConn at home, Morrison Stadium, the place, 2.30 the kickoff time from Morrison Stadium. And the ITA Regionals men's tennis continues in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And then coming up on Sunday, more men's tennis down in Stillwater. The rowing team is at the Iowa Chase, which is in Iowa City, Iowa. And women's soccer returns to Morrison Stadium for a 1 p.m. kickoff time against the Xavier Musketeers. And that's a look at the upcoming weekend in Creighton Athletics. And that will do it for this week's 1620 The Jays podcast. Coming up next week, a special look at the Creighton Athletics Hall of Fame. We'll have a couple of guests who will be inducted in this year's class of four headed into the Creighton Athletics Hall of Fame. We look forward to that next week. And now for Connor Happer and Josh Peterson, I'm John Bishop. The 1620 The Jays podcast is a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. 